Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Hey, if you're a follower of the Hey Bartender podcast and you want to know more about the show or what goes on in the, this whimsical mind of mine, head on over to heybartenderpodcast.com. There you can uh, check out my blog. You can check out some new drink recipes that I got going if I remember to update it. And you can also buy some Hey Bartender podcast t-shirts to help support the show. So if you want to check, be, be a little bit more involved with Hey Bartender Podcast, head on over to heybartenderpodcast.com and check it out today. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender. I'm the dude. Sit back, relax. Let's just get to know each other a little bit. Well, that's kind of tough since I'm on the other side of a microphone and you guys are probably listening in your car or maybe even running on a treadmill, which if you are running on a treadmill, you're a much better person than I am. Congratulations. Anyway, like I like to start off every show, we got to start off with tonight's drink special. You know what? I did a little bit of searching on the internet because I wanted to give you guys something that, you know, a little special. You know, more than special, I wanted to get something weird. And you know what? I realized there are some really fucked up things out there. I mean, it's like this uh, vodka that comes with a scorpion inside it or uh, a shot where you take that has a live minnow in it. Uh, I'm like, ah, God. So instead of going for the weirdest uh, cocktail I could possibly find, uh, or stomach, I decided to get uh, a drink that has a really cool name. So here we go. Tonight's drink special is called A Short Trip to Hell. And this is how you make it. I got this from drinkmix.com. That's drink mix with two X's. And they basically lay it out pure and simple for you. With a quick squim... Ah, now, why that's a really weird word, isn't it? With a quick skim of this cocktail's ingredients, it's easy to see how it acquired its name, A Short Trip to Hell. Made with peach, strawberry, and wild berry schnapps, the drink is finished with a can of Red Bull and a shot of Jägermeister. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been warned. I mean, that much schnapps and Jägermeister with Red Bull? Holy crap, I mean... You know, everybody talks about putting Red Bull with their alcohol. And, uh, you know, personally, I think with the energy drink, uh, it boosts your metabolism ever so slightly because of all the ingredients of Red Bull. So the alcohol gets to your system that much faster. And so, yeah, of course, when you mix four different schnapps or what was it, three, and then add Jägermeister on top of that. Holy shit. Yeah, I, they're damn right you've been warned. So that's how to make a short trip to hell. Try it. Let me know what you guys think of it. Email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on that drink. If you're a bartender or server, you know, make mix one up and give uh, give it to one of your uh, customers. Have them try it and then report back to me the results. Unless it's really bad. No, I actually I want to know the bad stories too because those are always funny. Uh, I'd love to read emails on, on the air, especially when they're embarrassing bar stories. Anyway, so, how's everybody doing tonight? I'm just kicking back right here. We're uh, pretending I'm a bartender, but really I'm just a weirdo with a mic. Oh, you know, I've been uh, wandering around talking to a whole bunch of people and trying to figure out, uh, you know, stories to talk to you guys about. And you know what? I don't really have to talk directly to the bartenders or servers, even though I love doing that. And if they have time, because, you know, of course, if they're busy and they've got a whole bunch of customers and I, they don't have time, I don't want to bother them. But 
If one thing to keep in mind, people, if you are a bartender or server and you happen to run into a Hey Bartender podcast poker chip on your table, that means the dude has been there and you probably just served him or he dropped it and uh, dropped it in your restaurant and uh, forgot completely to leave it on purpose. But the dude was there. That's me. I'm the dude. But, you know, I been watching people, been reading stories, been uh, talking to a few people. And there's this whole thing about customer expectations when it comes to their servers or bartenders. Now, tonight, I'm going to go over the customer expectations. That's a really hard uh, hard word. That I mean, hard meaning uh, it's a scary word. Customer expectations of the way their drinks should be made or how it should be served. And, of course, when you talk about customer expectations, you got to start with the newbies, the 21 runners, the people that just don't know any better because they haven't spent any time in a bar. Uh, Odds are, when it comes to a person on their 21 run, if they haven't, um, let's... Just assume that they made it. Uh, they got into the bar legally, but they might have illegally been drinking since they were sixteen. And but the twenty-one runners used to kind of piss me off a little bit because they got used to house parties. They go over to their friend's house and they their friend gives them a drink and they give them like oh say a screwdriver, vodka, and orange juice, but when they give them the screwdriver, it's like 70 to 80% alcohol uh, with, you know, just a little bit of orange juice in there. And they're like, whoa, this drink is really super strong. And uh, then these kids get get that idea. That's the way alcohol should taste. Now, I'm not condoning, under, condoning underage drinking. Wait till you're 21. It, trust me. But anyway. The day comes, a 21-year-old uh, can go, uh, go into a bar legally, and they order their first drink. And every single bartender, I'm sure they sit back and say, please not a blended drink, please not a blended drink, please not a blended drink. But they order a strawberry daiquiri because that's what they heard about, or a margarita, uh, and because that's what they heard about on television or something like that. So you're pissed off to start off with on their first night of being a 21 year old you gotta get the blender out put the damn ice in it put the tequila put the sweet and sour mix and a little bit of triple sec salt the rim because they insist on the salt on the rim and you gotta blend all that shit and you pour them the drink you hand it to them say thank you very much and uh, then you gotta wash the damn blender just trust me ladies and gentlemen if you're a uh, customer that listens to this podcast, and you're not a bartender or server, if you ask for a blended drink, the bartender now hates you. It's nothing you can control because you ordered a blended drink. Anyway, I remember this uh, one girl in there on her 21 run, and she ordered a strawberry daiquiri. Yes, I got a little pissed, but I was relatively new to the whole uh, real bar scene because... I had spent a little bit of time being a, a banquet bartender and I didn't have a blender um, because my bar was portable. So that was my easy out. But this girl comes in, she orders a strawberry daiquiri and I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. So I get the blender out and blend it up with the rum, the strawberry mix. And I even put a little whipped cream and pop a cherry on top of it just to make it a little special for her 21 run. Not to mention she was a little bit on the gorgeous side. So, I hand it to her and I said, congratulations on your 21st birthday, Uh, this one's on me. And she uh, says thank you and then she walks away. And uh, then she comes back about 5-10 minutes later, she's made it about a quarter of the way through that drink. And And this drink is in one of those tornado glasses, those really fucking fragile tornado glasses. Anyway, uh, that's a story for another time. But... Uh, she comes up back up to the bar and says, excuse me, is there any alcohol in this? And by the way, she's talking, she, her, uh, she went from gorgeous to pretty. 
and uh, some some of you might understand where what I mean by that. Well, what I mean is well, her attitude made her less good looking. Anyway, so she says, "Excuse me, is there any alcohol in this?" And I said, "Yeah, and uh, it's made exactly the way it should be because." When I was working in that bar, I was doing everything by the book at first. I poured everything perfectly, exactly the way it said in the bartender manual. Okay, I think I just heard a whole bunch of bartenders roll their eyes. Am I wrong? Anyway, so I got a little upset about it. And I said, tell you what, I'll make you something else. I had just heard about another drink from another bartender. And I kind of stole it from him and called it my own. Sorry about that, dude. But it was vodka, Southern Comfort, Yukon Jack, cranberry, pineapple juice. And I gave her that instead. Gave her a drink that was around the Long Island iced tea realm. And something where she could taste the alcohol. But uh, just barely because uh, I swear that drink went down like Hawaiian punch. So... I gave her that and uh, she said, okay, I guess this will be okay. And I said, I'll, I'll take care of that one. I actually paid for that one. And which I get, you're not, you can't really do anymore. But anyway, so, you know, the, uh, she took her drink and she made it about three quarters of the way through that before her boyfriend had to drag her home. He's a little pissed, I'm sure, because, uh, I bet he was planning on getting some that night, and I kind of fucked that up for him. But 21-year-olders kind of have this mentality that uh, when you go to a bar, they wait these 21 years in their minds their whole life to go into a bar and drink alcohol because when you drink alcohol in their minds, that's the only way to have fun. It, because that's the way they've seen it depicted on TV. That's the way, uh, you know, in movies, uh, you know, you see people drinking beer. That's the way to relax. Or, you know, uh, they watch Animal House. Well, no, let's go a little bit more current. Say uh, old school. And, you know, they see Will Ferrell, you know, we're going streaking after he has a couple beers. And, you know, that's the kind of fun that I want to have. So they, uh, they, they picture that is their ultimate goal to be able to get into a bar, get completely fucked up, barf, feel like shit in the morning. And that is called having a good time. But kids take notes. Going into a bar is not a house party because the bar we have poor costs. We can't use uh, 80%, you know, make you a, a pint of screwdriver and have it 80% vodka. No, we can't afford that. You can't afford that because that's like 12 shots and you got to charge per shot on that sort of thing. So, you know, you can't afford to drink like that in a night. We can't afford to uh, give it away for free. But kids, you need to realize going into a bar is not a house party. It's more of a social hub. I mean, it. I found out that people getting completely drunk in a bar situation, it's usually an accident because getting drunk in a bar is insanely expensive. Insanely expensive. Because, uh, you, know, you know, you might be one of those guys that can put away a 30-pack of beer in a night and then, you know, you know, be completely cool with uh, your face planted on the, on the porch the next morning with your dad asking, why is the car spark parked in this weird angle on the porch across the street? And, but you, you might be completely cool with that. But in most cases, getting completely pissed Blotto, uh, have no more control over any of your actions, drunk, is usually an accident in a bar. And uh, the big, one of the bigger regrets, other than the hangover the next day, or maybe having the coyote, coyote ugly situation, uh, the biggest regret is realizing that you just spent your entire 
entire paycheck that night and you barely have enough money to you know buy gas for your car or some things like that so as a bartender or server uh the bartender or server becomes the newbie's babysitter because the kids have the ultimate goal to get fucked up which leads to getting pulled over getting asked where they came from uh then that puts the bar on the liquor control commission's radar and i mean because when you think about it uh car accidents uh unfortunate deaths bar fights when the police have to get involved they have to write a police report and they have to say okay this person got in an accident and they well when they were leaving this bar then the bartender might not be held liable or probably won't be held liable for the guy's drinking condition as they're leaving his bar but the liquor control commission will start to pay attention to you and that's attention that a bartender or server does not want you want to be able to stay under the radar from the liquor control commission because they might come in and check on you is are the people in here people in here of age are they uh, allowed to be in this bar they might send in a sting operation where they bring in somebody who has a real id that says that they're 19 years old but if they make it past the bartender and get a drink you get in trouble and you get fined an insane amount of money, which in my worthless opinion, that is entrapment and completely unfair to treat, uh, to treat business owners like that. But, or they can walk in and say, you know what? You guys have had an awful lot of drunk people leave your bar in the last six months. We're taking your license or we're going to put some restrictions on how you serve. 21 year olds can be the ones to completely fuck that up for you. Because they're kids. They don't know any better. And we don't have time to teach them. Because we're the bartenders. And unfortunately, that's not something that they teach at home in high school. Although, that might be a good idea. goes along with that idea that a friend of mine had where he thought that the legal drinking age should be 18 and the legal driving age should be 21. That way, the kids have three years to learn how to drink and be an idiot before they get behind the wheel and kill everybody. So, you know, that's, that's my idea on 21 year olds. I mean, they are almost the cause, you know, kids in their early twenties, they're almost the cause for almost all that stuff because they think alcohol equals party. Okay. Uh, And uh, even one 21 year old, uh, I'm not much of a drinker, never have been, uh, but I loved working in the bar situation but uh, i just can't handle my alcohol and this one kid says you don't drink alcohol i said not very often no and he goes well how do you have fun see you know that's that's just one of those things the kids having fun or drinking alcohol equals having fun it has to uh drinking alcohol sure it loosens you up it makes you relax but having fun has to do with the people that you're with. And if you happen to be hanging out with people like Johnny Knoxville, your night could be end up a, a little bit more interesting than you ever wanted it to be. Another customer expectation. They think that uh, every drink should taste the same no matter what. And you know what? Every bartender is different. Somehow, some of the customers out there think that going into a bar is kind of like going into McDonald's. Everywhere, every place you go into, you get exactly the same food. Fuck no. Every bartender is different. They're like a fingerprint. They're a different person, different personality, different soul, for Christ's sake. And so, these people, they uh, your customer might come into your bar, you might never have known them before they might have come in once or twice but uh they expect a drink to be made the way that they're familiar with it now i'm going to talk about uh the people that actually know what they're talking about first like um when i first started as a bartender everything was exact shots exact fillers 
whatever, you know, uh, you know, exactly along with what the bartending recipe book. Okay, fellow bartenders, stop rolling your eyes. You're about to check your own ass. But I, you know, making everything extremely exact didn't make me the most popular bartender in the world because uh, customers knew other bartenders that poured a little bit heavier than I did. But, uh, you know, you get those customers that, think you know they've been served the same drink at this other place for however long and then they come over to your place and get oh let's use the example of a long island iced tea now everybody in this podcast i'm sure knows what a long island iced tea is how it's made vodka gin rum triple sec and uh, with sweet and sour coke that's a long island iced tea but once in a while you get those customers in, that say there's no tequila in this and you've got to try to correct them in a way and tell them, you know, that's not a Long Island iced tea. That's a Texas tea. When you add tequila to a Long Island, it becomes a Texas tea. Well, the other bar that I go to that always uh, make, gives me a Long Island with tequila in it. Well, okay. I'll give, uh, give it to you, uh, give it to you the way you want it, but they get all snotty with you. And it's just like, uh, or ask you one of those uh, real dick questions like, how long have you been bartending? And, you know, really snobby-like. And you know, they look at you like, how come you didn't know that? You should have known that. And, you know, that, it varies from bartender to bartender, where, uh, whether on a drink like Long Island Iced Tea is served with tequila or not. But technically, okay, sorry, technically, when you serve a Long Island iced tea, it does not have tequila in it. That is a Texas tea. So, you know, keep that in mind, people. And you got to try to be as nice as you possibly can to try to correct these people on, you know, there's a hundred different drinks made a hundred different ways named a hundred different things. You know, uh, you know, it's just like when you, they ask for a cowboy cocksucker and and you're like what the hell is that well it's butter schnapps and baileys and oh that's a slippery nipple no it's cowboy cocksucker the bar bartender over at the, this other place calls it a cowboy cocksucker well a lot of people call it a slippery nipple too or a copper camel if you uh, want to really get into it but you know it and then you got the so those drinks that are all named the same but they're made different ways martinis martinis are a huge thing it's like uh when i first started uh making martinis i would take the shaker put the ice in it pour vermouth in it swirl it around a little bit pour the excess vermouth out and leave, and leave the vermouth that got stuck to the ice uh in the in the shaker pour in my uh, vodka if they asked for vodka shake strain serve now there were other customers that were like what are you doing and i just looked at him and i said making a martini and he said that's not how you make a martini and i said trying to be nice well how do you want me to make it they uh because i already made it clear with them because when it comes to martinis uh people want gin or vodka you always ask what do you want? Uh, do you want a martini with gin or vodka? Because I guess technically, uh, from what I remember, uh, martinis are supposed to be served with gin. And the only person that uh, in uh, ever that drinks it and is famous for drinking it with vodka is James Bond. But, you know, when you serve up a martini, that's the basic question that I always ask, ask the people. Do you want gin or vodka? And they say vodka you know whatever but i start to make mix it my own way and well that's not how you do it and i said i'm sorry how would you like me to do it now there are dozens of different techniques of making a uh making a martini uh and it all depends on the bartender bar bartender's preference really because like one bar, uh, like me, I just told you, pour in the vermouth, 
pour out the excess and whatever sticks to the ice, that's what goes into the drink. Now, another bartender I worked with, she poured vermouth into the uh, martini glass that she had sitting in ice, swished it around a little bit, poured out the excess and whatever stuck to the glass. That's what went into the drink. But then also I was watching the Kingsman uh, the other day where the prop, uh, where they said the proper way a gentleman drinks a martini in, uh, is a, a gin martini stirred for 10 seconds while staring at an unopened bottle of vermouth. And, okay, that's, you know, it's all goes along with preference. Sometimes with the customers, you have to ask, how do you want that made? Because the customer can be anal retentive about it and uh, they it have that high expectation. Well, you should have known that's the way it's supposed to be made. There is no supposed to be made. Shut the fuck up. So it it's, but it goes along with the bartender's technique and, uh, you know, how they learned how to do it or how they heard about it, how to do it, whatever. It's just that every bartender is different, especially when it comes to martinis, but other situations that can get you in trouble. Now, when I was first starting out in a real bar, after I did the banquet bartending bullshit for a little while, uh, I, I just got into this bar and I was pouring exact drinks with the exact shots that were in the bartending manual, mostly because I didn't know any better. And also my boss was watching me like a hawk because he just fired to uh, the other two bartenders because I was supposed to be just the guy that takes over when they need time off. But the, he just fired his other two bartenders for dealing weed uh, during company hours or dealing weed behind the bar. Yeah, real brain surgeons there. Um, so he, I, I had to take over and I was the only bartender for a couple weeks. And uh, so I was doing working my hardest to try to be a bartender and kind of getting used to the whole regular customers, customer service type of thing. Because like I said, I was a banquet bartender. I never saw the same customer twice. And they'd come up, uh, you know, they'd come up during a party for that one night and then I'd never see him again. And so, you know, I'm doing my best, but some of the customers were getting a little annoyed that, um, when I gave them their drink, it was an exact shot with a mixer and you know, they're, they're like, well, that's not how we usually get it. Well, I'm sorry, but that's how it's supposed to be made. And according to the technical side, technical aspects of being a bartender. But then my friend, Shannon, she starts working at the bar and I start paying attention to her because she's got quite a few more years under her belt as a bartender. And I start looking at the way she was doing, uh, doing her drinks. I was trying to learn something. Now, let's go back to the Long Island iced tea. According to the book, it's a half shot each of vodka, gin, rum, triple sec, filled with sweet and sour and Coke. But I would watch Shannon and her Long Island iced teas would be, let's say, a little bit more see-through than mine. So people would go to her because she was pouring the heavier drinks. And I found out a lot later uh, that most bartenders, good ones at least, would pour heavy for some customers and lighter for others. It wasn't necessarily because they liked someone or not. Sometimes it uh, was level on their level of drunkenness. But the, uh, Shannon explained it to me. You pour heavy for one customer, you pour light for another customer if you, uh, you know, depending on their drunkenness or whether you like them or not. And the pour costs come out in the middle every time. And so I was like, okay, I kind of get it. All right. So that was my heads up to conform a little bit and not exactly follow the recipe, you know, add a little bit of flair to the drinks. And some of the customers actually started getting used to me. Uh, I had one customer, uh, which became a regular much later, 
uh, she asked me for a vodka crayon in a tall glass. And um, so I filled a pounder glass with ice, one shot of vodka, filled up the rest of the vodka, uh, filled up with the rest with cranberry juice. And then she asked me the ultimate question. Did you put anything in this? I said, yeah, it's a vodka crayon, just like you asked in a tall glass. And she was, it doesn't taste like you put any vodka in, in here. And I'm pretty sure I did. And no, she was just upset that I didn't overpour her. And I was, I was just like, oh God, another one of these. But um, she kind of snubbed me a little bit for a little while because I wouldn't uh, give her a little bit extra. Well, shit, I didn't know who she was. And her being a bartender at another bar in that same town, you'd think she'd understand. But no, she didn't. And plus, she was used to the other bartenders. Like I said, you pour heavy for one customer, you pour a little light for another customer, costs come out in the middle. But I didn't really know her uh, that well at the time. And the other bartenders at that bar knew her, so they'd pour her a little bit heavier just because they were somewhat friends. Okay? Yeah. So, But when you run across a new bartender... The customer, in my mind, has to uh, respect that they don't know you, they don't have your preferences, uh, they don't know your preferences. They'll be nice to you, but they don't necessarily like you. Anybody else agree with me on that? Anyway, time for a quick commercial break before we go to our musical guest of this show. Hey, head on over to HeyBartenderPodcast.com where you can pick up Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirts, help support the show. You can also read up on the blog, and you can also read up, uh, check out other things like the drink recipe of the week, if I ever remember to update it. I swear to God, I will get better about that. And the blog usually gets updated whenever I got something wandering around in my mind that uh, I'm hoping for a little bit of feedback. So head on over to HeyBartenderPodcast.com today and check things out. Musical guest for today's episode is from London, UK, with Tom Templer on vocals, Scott Black on guitar, Andrew Cave on bass, Matt Wiseman on drums, and John Wright on organ. From their album Woodland Rights, here is Green Lung with Let the Devil In.
from their album Woodland Rights. That was Green Lung with their song Let the Devil In. If you want to check out some more of their stuff, head on over to Facebook, Instagram, or their website, greenlung.bigcartel.com. You can also check them out on bandcamp.com and find a whole bunch of more of their singles and more of their music. Go check them out right now. Man, that was heavy. Anyway, last thing we're going to talk about when it comes to customer expectations is the regular customer. Now, regular customers become regular customers for a reason. Mostly because they like the service, the atmosphere, and they get what they want, how they want it. Here's an example. I had a customer. His name is Hippie Dave. I feel pretty comfortable saying saying his name over this podcast because... I'm pretty sure he doesn't know what a podcast is. So uh, I'll just go ahead and say his name and uh, talk about him. Nobody will care. Anyway, Hippie Dave, he'd come in and would have a rum and coke in a small chimney glass. You fill uh, you fill up the chimney glass with ice, pour in your shot of rum, and the Coca-Cola just goes in there for just maybe a little bit of color. You know, he, he wanted a rum and coke, but he wanted to taste the rum. He wanted to have the rum. So, uh, he'd come into the bar and every bartender knew him and knew how to serve him. So that's how he liked it. Uh, he said that he told me one night that he often came into Boston's because, uh, well, the bar that I worked at, eh, I'm not going to edit that out. Uh, he often came into the bar that I worked at and just because he knew that we would, we were going to serve him the drink he wanted the way he wanted it. He'd go into another bar, and he'd ask for rum and coke, and he, they'd do it the more traditional way, get in a bucket glass, fill it with ice, put in a shot, and then fill it up to the top with coke. And that way, the ratio of coke to rum was off, and you know, and you couldn't see through it. And so uh, he would have to explain to the people, no, just put it in a smaller glass, put in a regular shot of rum, and uh, just a squirt of coke. He'd, he'd often have to explain it to the uh, servers. And most of the time, he didn't want to have to explain it. So he'd just come into Boston's because we knew exactly how he wanted it. And, uh, you know, he didn't have to explain anything. And, uh, you know, other regular customers would see uh, the way he got his drink and have that expectation and say... and. The, from there on out, they see his drink in the, in the small chimney glass with mostly rum with a dash of Coke for color. And, you know, and then we, everybody just started calling it the Hippie Dave. It was the Hippie Dave drink. So sometimes a customer would say, give me a Hippie Dave, but put it in a tall glass. Okay, there's where you run into trouble because they have the expectation that the Hippie Dave is going to be proportional from the chimney glass to the pounder glass. That's not the case. The hippie, I had to explain to him, the hippie Dave is just a rum and Coke and he gets a, just a shot of rum and fill. And I still fill it with Coca-Cola, but there's not a lot of room inside that chimney glass for the Coca-Cola. So therefore, you know, that's where just the color comes in. But sometimes they'd say, give me a hippie Dave and a pounder. So I just give him a rum and coke uh, in a pounder, one shot of rum filled up to the top with Coca-Cola in a pint glass. And then they'd look at me and go, what's this? You, and I say, well, you asked for a hippie Dave and they would be confused. Sometimes I'd be an asshole and, uh, well, actually more than sometimes I'd be an asshole and give him a hippie Dave in a pounder glass where I'd fill the thing with ice put in a shot of rum and just a couple squirts of Coca-Cola and they hand it to him and they go, what the hell? You didn't fill the glass. And I said, that's a hippie Dave. There you go. It's just in a larger glass. But, uh, you know, when they say, you know, can you fill this up please? And that's where I knew the trouble was going to be because they thought that the ratio of alcohol to, uh, uh, you know, going up from, uh, upgrading the glass was going to be the same alcohol to Coke was going to be exactly the same as in a chimney as to the pounder glass. So I said, so you want a double? And they said, no, I want 
of Hippie Dave in a pounder glass. And I said, in order for me to do that for you, I have to charge you for extra shots. And then the very, very long drawn out conversation, uh, you know, of, you know, the, you serve him that way. How come you don't serve me that way? And, you know, it ultimately made some of the customers think I was an asshole. And some of the customers didn't treat the other bartenders at that bar that same way that they treated me. They, you know, maybe they thought they could get away with it with me and they knew they couldn't get away with it with Barb. But, uh, you know, I, you know, stuck to my guns on that sort of thing. But, um, you know, they go over to my boss or go over to the other bartenders and say, you know, that guy that serves on Tuesday night, he, he's kind of a jerk or kind of an asshole and never explain to them why, what I did. And, uh, you know, I'd come up, uh, I'd go hang out with some of my friends who, uh, served that day or that night. And, uh, we'd have a conversation about that. And you, you know, this person came in and said, you're an asshole. And I would either say, well, I don't like them either. Or, well, they're probably right. So, uh, you know, I never was here nor there about it and I didn't, didn't really care. And, but some of the customers just don't realize that, uh, a bigger glass doesn't equal more alcohol. And, uh, I mean, the two aren't pr- proportional unless you're going to pay for it. It's like, kind of like the, uh, regular, uh, regular customer thing where they come up to you and say, make it extra nice for me. And so, you know, when a customer would say that I would mess with them by asking what you want a cherry on it or maybe an umbrella or, Oh, clean glass, clean glass. You want me, you want me to put it in a clean glass and they would, what they usually meant was they want a heavy pour. And that's when you got you as a bartender or server, you got to sit back and think, have they earned a heavier pour? Uh, you know, I mean, have they been nice to you? Are they good tippers? They bring in good business. You also have to wonder, is the boss watching me right now? Because I have had those bar owners that stand behind you and count to four as you're pouring the drink. And then, and there was one time where the boss, uh, I was pouring the drink and he counted a little bit faster than me. And he's like, stop. And I, whoa, what, what? He goes, that's more than one shot. And I said, I said, no, that's an exact shot. And he goes, no, you poured more than a shot. And so I took out a shot glass, dropped it on the table and, uh, poured that, uh, the contents of that glass into the shot glass, right to the fucking line. You couldn't get any higher, any lower. It was on the line, exact shot. And he kind of just muffed, you know, just kind of walked, went on his way about it and told me to watch my pores, you know, because there was no winning that argument with that guy. But, um, you know, the the worst thing about that, he yelled at me in front of a regular. And, you know, uh, if you're a listener to this podcast, you know how I feel about that. Because the regulars start to get this idea, well, your boss treats you like that. That means I can treat you like that. No, you cannot treat me like that. You have not earned the right to treat me like that. You cannot flip me shit unless I tell you you can. Or have I given you any rhyme or reason where I, you think you can treat me like crap? No. So if you try to treat me like shit, your service is going to get uh, treated like shit. And because some of the customers have that expectation is, oh, I can flip him shit. Uh, this is a bar. Or I can slap her on the ass. This is a bar. No, neither of those are acceptable unless you've earned it. Now, slapping uh, slapping waitress on the ass, please don't do that. That's just flat out rude. But ribbing your bartender, that's a privilege. That's something that you earn. You can't just walk into a new bar and automatically think that you can make fun of them or, uh, you know, or whatever, just, uh, uh, thinking that they'll, that we're just going to take it. No, we'll come back at you uh, four times over or maybe toss your ass out. Take your pick. 
But when the boss is watching you on how you're pouring your drinks for certain customers, it's the like the boss that I work uh, worked for. He didn't understand the whole concept of okay, yeah, this customer got a little bit heavier pour, but this customer over here got a little bit of a light pour. So and. He wasn't measuring bottles. He was just going by what his gut instinct, truthfully, what his daughter told him. Because uh, like, a lot of bartenders, when they're trained to pour a perfect shot, you count to four. You know, one, two, three, four, bam, perfect, perfect shot every time. But the customer, when they're expecting that special drink, see, uh, that one boss that I had, he was... Oh, a little twisted, a little two-faced. So was his daughter. Uh, because he would yell at you for overpouring. But when the customer complained about that, he would yell at you for not serving the customer properly. It, yeah, it'd make my head spin too. But you'd hope that your boss is going to uh, defend you a little bit. But as the boss, he still has to kiss the regular's ass a little bit. But hopefully he diffuses it so that the customer uh, customer realizes that you're just doing your job. If uh, you get in trouble for the, uh, that that same scenario, fuck it. You can find another job. Worrying that your boss is going to get mad at you for overpouring and not giving uh, giving the regulars what they ask for, that's too much stress. Bartenders and servers, we deal with too much stress. Fuck them. I mean, the regular customers... You'd think that over time that they would cause you less stress because they know you or they are used to the way things are, but their expectations get way higher as they go along. It's it's like they're sitting there, the place is completely packed, you're stuck behind the bar, and you can't get to the bar, um, that one table that the, uh, you as the bartender have to take care of. And they don't understand that you can't get out from behind the bar immediately once they get that last drop of Bud Light out of that glass. And so, why should I have? Why should I have to wave my hands uh, to get uh, to get another beer? I'm sorry. Let me stop whatever it is I'm doing and concentrate on you and you alone. No, we can't do that. Bartending, serving is a lot of stress. And in many ways, it can give you a thicker skin, make you deal with life and life's problems a little bit better. Or, uh, yeah, have a psychotic episode. I don't know. Take your pick. Either way is fun. Anyway, that's the end of our show for today. I'd like to thank drinkmix.com for unknowingly letting me steal the drink a short trip to hell from them. I'm looking forward to hearing from you people. Uh, tell me what you thought of it. I'd also like to thank Green Lung. You can go check out their album, Woodland Rights, on bandcamp.com. Uh, head on over to heybartenderpodcast.com and help support the show by buying a t-shirt or two or three or four. And check out the blog. Check out the, whatever drink I might post on there. Um if you want to contact Hey Bartender Podcast, feel free to email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Send me drink recipes. Tell me your bar stories. Give your opinion on uh, whatever that I talked about even today or yes, on the last show or the show before it. I'd love to hear from you guys. But as things go, everything must come to an end. And as usual, I love to end my show the same way every time. Lots of love. Lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night.